Oh boy, a lot to unpack here. A lot to unpack. Oh hell yeah, I am here for this. Wait, why do they have tails if they're in human form? Geek girls, geek boys, and geeks beyond the binary, this is Emily J coming at you with the I Ship It podcast. This is the place, it's a safe space on the internet where we talk about fan fiction and fandom and everything we've always pretended we weren't reading on our phones. How are you guys, my little shippers? Hope you're doing well. Um, I am recording by myself today for the first time. So if this sounds weird or awful, it's entirely my fault. Do not blame our sexy producer. He set this up so that when um, he's out of town or if I have an idea that I want to podcast right away, I don't have to wait for him to set everything up. So I am uh, flying solo (laughs) this episode. And if you hear an intense uh, hum in the background, that is Radcliffe sitting on my lap demanding my affection. I'm trying to be a good single cat mom today and, uh, and give him the insane amount of attention that he requires so that I can podcast with you guys. So, hope everybody's having a great time, a great week, a great whenever, and that you're taking care of yourselves physically, mentally, emotionally. I uh, I put this episode together because I read a really interesting uh, statistic the other day, which was that the average person, um, sorry, the average woman cries, admits to crying 3.4 times per month. Yeah, per month. And the average man admits to crying like 1.9 or something. And this is, this is aggregated data all over the entire world. And... Uh, and I read that and I was like, wow, I'm super behind on my crying. And I went through a pretty dark time uh, the last couple years that I have kind of just not sort of tapped into my own emotions that I've just been like, yeah, no, this is fine. Like, I feel like a lot of us are just kind of in an active state of horror and disbelief about everything that's going on lately. And that, you know, we're not nobody's. Well, I don't say nobody. Let me talk. I'll just talk about myself that I personally am not um, kind of acknowledging my own feelings and acknowledging what I'm doing. And this is something I work on in therapy where my therapist says things like, well, why don't you ever ask for help? Why don't you tell people what you need? And I have no idea. Uh, I don't have any idea and it is something that I work on. Um, but as a result, I don't, um, I don't cry a lot. I feel like I, maybe I used to, but... Um, <laughs> Lately, I just kind of uh, take all my feelings and I hold them in a dark ball of pain and I just tuck it right under my rib cage. And, um, and that's where they stay, uh, John Mulaney style. My mother, I remember, my sweet late mother, was such a crier. She would cry with anybody. If you had to cry about something, go find Peg and she would cry with you so you weren't alone. That was like her rule. And, uh, and then she raised this emotionless monster. I don't know how. The poor woman. She deserved better. But she, I mean, she was such a sweetheart. She cried at movies. She cried at books. I remember her reading Old Yeller to us when we were kids, which is like a terrible idea. Don't ever fucking read that book to anybody. It should be banned. It's so, it's such a dirge. But anyway, um, I remember her reading Old Yeller to us and like (laughs) 
not being able to finish the sentences she was reading because she was crying so hard. And these monstrous children she raised are looking at her like she's crazy, like, Mom, are you crying? Are you crying, Mom? Seriously? You're crying? We had no hearts. And Peg had nothing to do with you. All right? Nothing at all. That was us. But uh, anyway, so yeah, so I guess that's my Irish Catholic side coming out is that I just don't deal with things. And I certainly don't uh, don't cry when it's necessary. I guess that's that's what I want to say. I don't cry when I should. And then um, I just kind of bottle everything up. And then I, I, you know, something happens like I've lost a pen or I, you know, left the laundry detergent on the train or something like that. And I uh, and then I just weep uncontrollably. But that's not really healthy. And so I come at you, come to you, not at you. I'm not fighting you. I love you guys. I come to you with uh, a couple ideas, a couple, a couple solutions. If you're like me and you need to exercise some of your feelings, but you don't quite want to like do the healthy thing and talk about them, um, we're going to talk about, I got two fix for you. <laughs> to read. And sometimes that's all you need. Sometimes you just need kind of like a, like a, a cork or a, not a cork. You're, you are a cork. You have a cork. You need a, um, a bottle opener, a, uh, what is the, is it it's called a wine cork? No, it's not called a wine cork. Why? Fuck it. Anyway, I don't know what it's called. I mean, I do, but corkscrew, that's it. Ah, got it. Sometimes you need an emotional corkscrew. And I have found in some instances that fanfic can be an excellent emotional corkscrew and uh, that it can kind of, you know, un- unbottle your feelings for you um, and just this help you get that good cleansing, deep breathing, can't speak about it, cry out of your system. And so that's what we're going to, that's what I'm sharing with you guys this week. I want you, I want you to cry because crying is actually apparently really help, healthy. It's something I'm working on. I have friends uh, who are different kinds of depressed than me and they cry all the time. And I say things to them sometimes like, mm, sometimes I just kind of want to like, you know, ask somebody to slap me across the face because I feel like I should cry, but I haven't for a long time. They're always horrified by that. They're like, could you not? Could you just go to therapy and be emotionally healthy? Um, so I'm, I'm working on that too. But in the meantime, uh, let's cry over some fanfic, shall we? So I have two fics for you today. I was only going to do one, but then I remembered this other one. And I really feel like, like they're both equally wonderful. These are Avengers fics and uh, Steve Rogers centric. So if that's not your jam, um, please... Don't feel like you have to listen or you have to read them. But this is how I want uh, to, you know, this is is what I have for you this week. So these are Avengers Fix. This is an Avengers episode. And and these these fix are both pretty long. Uh, Well, yeah, one is 35,000 words and the other is 27,000 words. So these are not quick drabbles, okay? The writers put lots and lots and lots of heart and soul and emotions into them and they deserve to be read and appreciated because holy shit they are great they're not just great for an emotional corkscrew they're great 
on their own. They're great, right? It's great writing. It's great characterization. It's great fucking everything. So I want you guys to read them and review and, uh, and, and get some of your feelings out, okay? Because it's not healthy. It's not healthy to be, you know, like me <laughs> and, and just keep everything bottled up under your ribcage. Although I do feel like Steve Rogers and I have that in common. Sorry for the commotion. That was the cats freaking out and leaving the room. Anyway, uh, so uh, I feel like Steve Rogers and I have that in common where we just sort of hold everything in. So in an effort to be less uh, less Irish Catholic about everything, less Steve Rogers-y, I give you uh, the first Steve Rogers fic. is called A Long Winter. It is co-written by Drop Dead Dream and What Are Fears. And you'll have a link. Don't worry. Summary goes... In 1945, Steve Rogers jumps from a nose-diving plane and swims through miles of Arctic Ocean to a frozen shore. In 1947, Steve Rogers marries Peggy Carter. In 1966, the New York Times finds the lost letters of Sergeant James Buchanan Barnes. Now already my heart hurts (laughs) because I know what's coming. But let's talk about this for a second. So this is an AU. This is a this is a Marvel they they call they would the authors refer to this as a parallel timeline, and uh, with alternate outcomes. So it is canon compliant up to a certain point. Obviously, the end of uh, Captain America: First Avenger. Um, and it's so it's you know canon in that Steve and Peggy are together, and then later on canon because uh, everybody knows that Steve and Bucky are in love, and that's where this story goes. But my God, these writers deserve a fucking medal because this story is excellently researched and beautifully written. And it does exactly what the, the, um, the summary says, which is it starts with Steve not being frozen in the ice at the, at the end of First Avengers. He comes home. He and Peggy are in love. They get married. So everything that happened in the First Avengers still happens. And except that Steve gets his girl and they get to have their dance and they have a beautiful little wedding and a beautiful little girl and everything is uh, sort of okay. Um, in that, you know, it's not uh, it's not all hearts and roses as it shouldn't be because now we're in the Cold War um, and Peggy is still Peggy. So Peggy is. Uh, starting S.H.I.E.L.D. and she's the director and she's in charge and she's, you know, working really closely with Howard Stark and and there's a lot of um, uh, tension between the two of them because Steve is a soldier and Steve needs something to fight and that's a that's a theme that we see a lot of in that, you know, if there's a, there's a line in Age of Ultron, which don't get me fucking started on that bullshit, but there is a line in Age of Ultron that I do love, which is that uh, James Spader slash Ultron says, uh, Captain America pretending you could live without a war. And I think that that, that is actually a very, um, a very strong indication of his character, sadly, uh, because he is, he is a soldier at heart. And he, um, there's another line in the first Avenger that says, you know, uh, not a perfect soldier, but a good man. And he is a good man, and he's not a perfect soldier. But at his core, he's a fighter, and he needs something to fight. And unfortunately, in the Cold War, 
it's all um uh, it was all not really a war. It was all posturing and subterfuge and spy stuff. And that's not Steve's bag. So he was kind of, they really do cover in this fic that um, that man in the gray suit syndrome where all the men came back from the war and they didn't know where they fit in anymore because the women had all taken over because they were told they had to. So, you know, all these women have had these amazing jobs and done these amazing things and then were expected to just give them up when the men came back, which is is where a lot of problems with our sexist society started. (laughs) Um, And so, and have never, obviously, never been resolved. But but so Steve doesn't really have, he's kind of foundering a little bit. And Peggy is not. Peggy's in her fucking element. Peggy is a director of S.H.I.E.L.D. She's awesome. She's kicking ass, taking names. And there's there's a hint... I believe, and I, I didn't reread this fic. I read it a while ago and I loved it and I wanted to share it with you guys, but I didn't reread it. So I believe that there is a hint of um, her, part of their tension is that there's so many things that she can't talk to him about. One being that there have been sightings of the Winter Soldier and that's a threat that they're dealing with. That He's like this rumor that they're dealing with, but she can't tell Steve because she knows. I think that she knows that it's Bucky. Or she has some indication that it might be. And she doesn't tell him because she can't tell him. And that's that's something that they stay true to in the whole fic is that Peggy does not does not compromise her position as a director of S.H.I.E.L.D. She doesn't compromise her loyalty by sharing everything with Steve. She's very secretive because she has to be. And that's something that he can't really get around. So they have all this tension and they're not happily ever after. And it's a lot of, uh, you know, it's, it's hard to read. I love Steve and Peggy. I wanted them to be together so badly. And, you know, to read this fic that's just so fucking realistic, it's like, oh, God, that is what it would be like, isn't it? Jesus. And, uh, and so, um, so then the final part, right, is uh, in 1966, the New York Times find the lost letters of Sergeant James Buchanan Barnes. And this is when it comes out that Steve and Bucky were in love. And it's not explicit. These are not, uh, these are not you know, gratuitous, porny letters. This is, uh, these are letters that uh, men sent to each other who loved each other. And they wrote, they were like love letters. And, you know, some are more, uh, it's more obvious, their feelings than others. But these, this whole collection of letters is published. And it's horrible because now um you know that wouldn't be that big of a deal i mean i guess maybe i mean sure it would be but in 1966 when this story is set it's a huge deal and um everybody turns on steve and everybody you know is uh is grotesquely homophobic and terrible and that's it's period specific it's period um you know kind of accurate, I guess, uh, which is sad and dark because, you know, what's, what's offensive about somebody telling somebody that they love them? It's just, especially when he was in war and he didn't think he'd ever see him again. These are letters he was sending to the person that he loved. But in 1966, they don't feel like that. So the whole country gets, you know, upended and everybody hates Steve and turns on him and his, uh, his, accomplishments and his sacrifices don't mean anything because they're now covered and colored in this, you know, in this gay light. 
And Peggy also, break my heart in a thousand pieces, Peggy. Peggy doesn't want to be with Steve anymore because she feels like he lied to her and that he couldn't possibly have loved her if he loved Bucky. And it's because in 1966, the word bisexual didn't exist. Or if it did, it wasn't in use. And uh, I mean, well, I say in 1966. I mean, there are people, many people today who thinks that, think that bisexuality doesn't exist. And as a bisexual woman, I assure you that it does. And I assure you that it is valid and um, absolutely none of anybody's fucking business. But in this story, uh, it's not. And so Steve goes on this really sad, sad journey by himself because Peggy kicks him out and they get divorced. And, you know, he's kind of, he's, it's, it's so hard to read, but it is so worth it and so beautiful to watch him kind of just struggle. And as much as I have said in previous episodes that Steve Rogers fucking deserves to be happy more than anybody else in the world, and it's true, it's true, 100%. It's nice to see this writing, this this story where it's a realistic struggle and it's not one that we'll ever get to see, obviously, we'll ever get to see in canon um, because he's always saving the world. But now he's the hero that nobody wants even though he is the bisexual hero we all deserve. But in this story, he's the one that nobody wants. And he's estranged from his daughter, and he just kind of has to has to figure his shit out. And you get to see everything that goes on, you know, during, from 1945 to, to present day. It's beautifully written. It is a heart-wrenching, amazing, wonderful fic. And I cannot recommend it enough. Kudos to Drop Dead Dream and What Are Fears because you guys researched your asses off and did not pull any punches emotionally or with the writing whatsoever. But this has, it has cameos from Howard Stark and the the Howling Commandos, who I feel do not get nearly enough love in the fanfic world. And they, uh, they have a nice little, they have a nice little part in this. And I think that, you know, if you need a good cry, Start here. It's part of a series called Not Easily Conquered. Uh, there are, let me see, the nice part about doing this here. There are three works. Yeah, nice part about doing this at my desk is that I can use my laptop. Uh, there's three works in this series. And so um, it does eventually turn to a Stucky fic because, uh, you know, I won't spoil it, but that's the that's the underlying theme. So if you're here for Stucky, I can read this fic. It's so good. Again, it is called A Long Winter, and it is a long fic. <laughs> so now that it's, uh, if, the, if the weather's, you know, outside is a little bit frightful, I recommend you pull this up on your phone, sit down on your couch with your favorite blanket, and enjoy. And just, you know, just let it out, guys. Life's hard. We should cry more. And, uh, and I hope this fic helps you do that, okay? So that's Long Winter. That's the first one. Molto bene. And the, uh, our second fic. Now, I read this a long time ago. And I, um, I was reminded of it and recommended by one of our listeners who's such a sweetheart. They sent me a message on Tumblr that said, uh, if you ever want to, it's like, if you ever want to cry until you're an empty husk of a human being, I recommend this fic. And I was like, oh, do I ever? And uh, 
and I didn't expect to. And whew, oh man, so sad, so sad, but so good. It, it is a, it is a, a tr- not a trope. It's a crossover fic, and it's one I would never in a billion years have thought to put together. So this is called "When You Wake" by Seven Foxes. And Seven Foxes is the one that brought us the amazing uh, Fuck, Mary Kill and um, the Lewis Roll. So if you recall my crack fic episode, same author, super amazing, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. If you're just getting into Avengers fic, I recommend you check out Seven Foxes. All one word will be a link and read all of their stuff because damn, it is good. But summary for this one says it's a it's an excerpt from the fic itself, which I always always love. That's how I do summaries. Um, Okay, so summary. Darcy cringes. Souvenir from Clint Natasha's mission. Apparently it fell out of the sky in Bucharest, she says, peering through the glass at the creature. Don't worry, they're pretty sure it's dead. Turning back to look at Steve, she yawns a bit, not bothering to hide her gaping mouth behind a hand, which makes him smile a bit for the first time today. You know, I asked Clint to bring me back something, but I was thinking more like a keychain or booze from the duty-free section of the airport. Live die, repeat. Now, I am married to a sci-fi nerd. And because of that, I've seen quite a bit of sci-fi films and TV shows. And one of the films that I really, really loved, because sci-fi is not my jam, but one of the sci-fi films that I had to go to and I really loved was The Edge of Tomorrow. And uh, The Edge of Tomorrow is the one with Emily Blunt, girl crush, love her, and Tom Cruise, not a crush, don't really love him, but he was a, he was great in this, and crazy, you know, Scientology and chair jumping and whatever aside, he does do a decent action movie, and he always has. So, uh, Edge of Tomorrow, Tom Cruise, Emily Blunt, the premise is he gets bit or infected or something by some alien blood, and it causes him to reset every time he dies. He doesn't die, he resets. So he lives the same day over and over again. Every time he dies, he gets sent back to that, the morning of that day that he first mixed his blood with the aliens. And those creatures are called mimics. And they are by far some of the scariest fucking sci-fi monsters I have ever seen in my life. So good job, Edge of Tomorrow people, because I still have nightmares about those. They're like gooey, but they're huge. And they're like, they're kind of spidery where like they skitter instead of run. They don't look human at all, which is awesome, but they're fucking scary. And so the idea here is that, um, is that every, uh, so that this, this thing that, that Clint and Natasha brought back to Tony's lab is a mimic and it, uh, it mixes, blood mixes with Steve's in this explosion in the lab and it causes him to start resetting same day every time now what is so amazing about this fic is that there is and I I don't say this lightly (laughs) there is literally something for everyone if you love Steve and Bucky there's there's some of that for you if you love Steve and Darcy some of that for you if you love Steve and Natasha or Steve and Sharon or Clinton Darcy, there's just a whole bunch, or Darcy and Bucky even. I mean, here's the thing. Steve keeps resetting because Steve 
Steve dies a lot. And uh, he's really good at it. Um, but he dies a lot. And he dies a lot in this fic. More than, I'd say more than in canon. Um, but so he, uh, so they go through his resets. And, uh, <laughs> and it's in the thousands. I mean, he, yeah, thousands, thousands, thousands. He's resetting all the fucking time. But um, but what's crazy about this is that, you know, he doesn't just live the exact same day over again. There's time. I mean, lots of time passes between his resets. And he keeps thinking that maybe he's not going to reset this time. But because of that, he gets to experience a whole bunch of different kind of timelines. And one of them is uh, with Sharon Carter, who was in uh, Captain America Winter Soldier and then in Civil War as well. Um, she is frequently loathed by the fanfic community. And I don't really get that. I was not a fan of their little flirtation. And I'll tell you why. Because um, that is Peggy Carter's niece. And I'm not saying that that's not possible. But I just feel like it's just weird. It's just weird. It's weird in the same way that I hated that in the Little Women movie with Christian Bale and Winona Ryder, the Christian Bale fucking went out and chose, what's the littlest one, Amy, instead of Joe. Grows up with Joe, loves Joe, proposes to Joe. Joe's like, eh, no thanks, I just want to be your best friend. And he's like, fine, I'll go swoon over your sister then. And that's bullshit. And that's obviously not what Steve did here. And they're completely different things. But it's the same level of cringe that I had when I saw that. <sighs> so I don't hate Sharon Carter. And honestly, this is the only fic of the two of them that I've read. Um, and it's not a huge, it's not a huge uh, part of the story. It is part of it, though. It's an important part. Um, but Steve, you know, kind of gets to experience what, um, you know, what would what might have been over and over and over again. So he he likes Sharon. So he asks her out, and they date, and they're in love, and you know things keep happening and he keeps resetting. And then after a while, he realizes that it's not going to work. So he, you know, when it comes time to reset, he doesn't, he doesn't follow that script. He doesn't ask her out. And, um, and I love, uh, these are time loops and it's not really time travel, but I love, I find it a very romantic idea of, and in a romantic in a sad way of, um, somebody experiencing time loops where they make a decision for somebody else not realizing, like, that other person has no idea. You know? You know what I'm saying? I don't know if that's, if I'm making that, that, you know, that makes any sense. But, like, in, even in, like, Groundhog Day, when, um, uh, Bill Murray and Annie McDowell, when he knows all these things about her because she's told him, and he, you know, she has no idea. She thinks it's the same day, but he has spent all of this time with her, and he knows her so much better than he did before. And, you know, he loves her because he's taken all this time to know her. But to her, it's just he's just being really great. He's just being a nice guy. And I don't know if that's like weird or if that, you know, kind of messes with consent or whatever. But I just find it I find it very romantic. And in this case, it's romantic in a sad way in that, you know, Steve knows that they could be happy, but he also knows that it's not going to work out. And so when the time comes to kind of be selfish and say like, yeah, I still want to be with you. He he makes the selfless choice and he doesn't go after her. And this happens with a bunch of different people. 
um, where he's kind of just uh, just getting to it's it's a great Steve fit because he just gets to explore uh, the whole like all the people in his life. He just gets to spend more time with them and he keeps resetting. And it's really fucking sad because at some point, you know, I mean, there are times that, you know, somebody that he loves dies. So he just resets to spend time with them to spend more time with them and kind of change the the tableau and change the timeline of how things are going. And it's just, um, it's just beautiful. And it's not something I would have ever expected from a crossover fic between my baby, Captain America, and uh, a sci-fi film like Edge of Tomorrow. But it, it that's one of those wonderful things about fan fiction is that you can take all kinds of ingredients and mix them together. And if you are a masterful writer like Seven Foxes, you can create something absolutely gorgeous. And that's what this writer has done here. And this is just like I said, uh, it is sad. It is not, it's, it's got a happy, not a, it doesn't have a happy ending. Let me, let me rephrase that. It has a hopeful ending and it has a good ending. You don't feel like you wasted your time. You wasted your emotions. And my God, you do not feel like you wasted your tears. If you cry during this fic, it's deserved, you know, um, seven boxes fucking fights for your tears and they deserve them. So let it out guys, read this fix cry your little heart out and then go back to stuffing your feelings wherever they belong. <laughs> but, uh, but I wanted, yeah, I wanted to, um, to bring these to light because I do think that that's one of those things that we don't really, we don't really talk about with fanfic a lot is that it's not just a place for squealing and shipping and, you know, uh, wish fulfillment that it's, it's a place to explore. It's a place to explore a lot of things and it's a place to explore a lot of things in writing. And I know my personally, when I started writing fanfic, it's my place that I get to kind of experiment more. I feel like the stakes are lower than if there's an idea that I want to express. It's a lot easier to do in fanfic because the characters are already there. And if I can find a way to kind of make it make sense to use them in this idea that I have, then I don't have to worry about creating new characters. I don't have to worry about a setting and looking up all of those things and world building and all that bullshit. I can just take my these characters and I can put them in my idea and see if they work. And I think that that's really important. And I think it's really good to, um, it's one of those reasons that fanfic rocks so much is that it gives that platform and gives that safe space to play and to, um, to explore things that Maybe you don't have time for another, another writing or, or whatever. I don't know. But if, if you need to cry, this is, this, these guys are here for you. All right. <laughs> and who, who needs to cry more than Steve Rogers? Fucking no one. That boy could make, you know, emotional constipation, a fucking Olympic sport. And he would win all the medals. He would Michael Phelps that shit. In fact, I feel like the only time we got to let him see him have any emotion was in uh, was in Captain America: First Avenger after Bucky, may he rest, uh, fell from the train. We got to see him ugly cry there, which was great. And then everything else has just been like, nope, stuff it back, Steve. Stuff it back. Put it in a little ball. Keep it right in your heart and let it kill you. So hopefully, Avengers Four will um, 
will not have that, and we'll get to see a little bit of emotion from him. I fucking doubt it, though. But, you know, we can all hope and dream. Until that movie comes out and crushes our souls into a thousand pieces. (sighs) But right now, we have other things to cry about. And those things are fanfic. So I want you guys to read these. As I said, I want you to cry your eyes out, let it out, feel better, let those tears cleanse, cleanse your soul. And if you enjoy these and you want more, I got, I got plenty of recommendations. And as long as you keep listening, you'll probably hear them all. So if you want to catch up on old episodes or follow us directly, you can go to ishipitpod.com or follow us on all the social medias at ishipitpod. So that's on Tumblr, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And all of the inboxes and ask boxes and DMs and whatever are open on those sites. So please feel feel free to talk to me and tell me what you're thinking. And if you don't want to talk directly to me, but you want people to know that you're liking the podcast, consider leaving a review on iTunes. It is the best thing you can do for us. And it might just make me cry happy tears. So... That's all I got for you guys this week. I want you to have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your week. And thank you so much for listening. And I'll see you again next time. But in the meantime, get your ship together. Ship together.